the quality assurance team must have had a good enough poster on their back wall. That's all I'm saying. Welcome back to Morg and Balonies. <laughs> I am Morg. And I'm Balonies. You may also know us spiritually as the podcast versions of Maggie Gyllenhaal and Joan Cusack. I'm Nicholas. Yay. And I'm Greg. Over free. How you doing, Greg? Doing pretty well now that I'm Maggie Gyllenhaal. Fuck yeah. Um, uh, you're listed second, um, brother. As I was saying. <laughs> you're listed second, brother. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I watched a double feature this week. Do you, can, do you want to guess what the two movies were? Um, You watched Shazam and Kazam. That's an incredible double feature, but I watched Suicide Squad and Solo with a friend of mine. Oh, and, uh, what an interesting boy! Pair. What a what a <laughs> shit double feature it was. Uh, obviously, we had more fun talking shit while watching. She'd never seen them before, which is why we double featured both of them, mm-hmm. and I had seen both. So, Dude. Suicide Squad uh, legitimately makes me angry and solo not as bad as i remember it it feels like there's at least a third of a good movie in i feel that way about suicide squad because there is everything Mm. that it takes for that movie to be good and then (laughs) like everything in like the third part of the movie creation process (laughs) happened and just fucking ruined all the good stuff they had because the art design fantastic for in costumes and like the makeup was phenomenal like it's fucking some of the best in the superhero genre i think is in that movie oscar winning suicide squad it's i and it's a deserved oscar the other nominees fucking sucked Mm -hmm. i'll I'll give (laughs) killer croc's makeup looks amazing and the fact that he can talk easier than fucking talos the scroll (laughs) <laughs> Keep up, Marvel. I ain't asking. Anyway, that's pretty. <laughs> How are you, Nick? What'd you I am pretty week? good. I wanted to watch a double feature, but the first movie made me so mad, I got violently sick <laughs> and had to stop watching movies. Uh, I watched Wonder Woman oh, 84, but... and I was actually really hopeful for it, as, as we've talked about, because we've covered the trailer a couple times. Uh, but man, it is like. <laughs> it's like oh it's like hey we're doing it in the 80s or it's gonna come with all like the 80s nostalgia and the neon lights i'm like fuck yeah that's cool but it doesn't there's like no neon lights at all except for one <laughs> scene and in fact the 80s nostalgia they asked for is like the sexism from like the pretty in pink <laughs> who did those john ford not john ford oh what's oh, his name shit you know uh fact checker that one guy it's like it's like the sexism and racism of his movies is what they brought back and i was like why is that why is <laughs> why is that the choice you're gonna make <laughs> screenplay by john hughes john hughes that's howard Dooch. john hughes is who i'm thinking of he was the he was oh. the guy of that trilogy uh but man it is oh it is, it is a rough movie <laughs> at least hey pedro pascal he's great in it Oh, good. I love The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, I finished The Mandalorian as well, seasons one and two. Oh, yes. How was that? Yeah, was that very, very fun, very cool, very refreshing? Did you see that bit uh, I mentioned? <laughs> I did see that bit. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, I thought some of that fight sequence, uh, spoilers with Boba Fett, uh, was kind of cool. And then there was a lot that wasn't very cool. 
and it feels like they just put too much uh, budget into that episode mm -hmm. for CG, but also not enough. Yeah, so it, yeah. It kind of just didn't make it to where they wanted it to be in the end, which is unfortunate. But uh, overall, I, I pretty I liked the Mandalorian. I think the new seasons, if there are new seasons, they kind of set up a lot of stuff that could be new seasons. Uh, I think it'll be more Mandalorian focused rather than a Star Wars-y focused, and uh, I think anyone who has seen The Mandalorian knows what I mean by that. And also that final episode, uh, my god, the CG. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> it's fucking horrifying. Oh, man. Boy, howdy. Did you see the video of Robert Rodriguez serenading Baby Yoda with the guitar? I have not. Dude, Is it's that good? so good. It's so cute. Oh, I'll have Just to look little, it up. Little Baby Yoda. Which is his I call real him, name? Uh, Baba Yo Yo. <laughs> it's you call him Baby Yoda or you call him Glupshido. Those are his two names. Yeah, it's not uh, Grogo or anything like That's that. That's dumb. Or Baba Yo Yo. Baba Yo Yo is fine. <laughs> I'll accept Baba Yo Yo. I will not accept Grogu because that's dumb. You call him Baby Yoda or you call him Glupshido. Glupshido. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin of. Uh... Fuck, I can't remember his name now. Watch I was so him. happy to see him. No, <laughs> he uh, didn't come back. Boy. God damn it! <laughs> when Watto comes back, Jabba's boy. I'll watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, the... he does not. <laughs> I know who you're talking uh, about. Salacious Crumb. Salacious Crumb. What a cutie. He's cute. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. He's such a fucking oh man. All right. Uh, do we want to move on to the next segment, or do you have anything else fun to talk oh, about? Let's take it off to the next segment, which I believe this is your segment. All right. Now we're introducing the news. Pop cult, mm, pop, pop, mm, cult pop. So, in the first section here, we're going to be talking a little bit about some news. As you know, we've switched up the uh, formula a bit, so we're going to have a game in between news and trailers, but the mm, pop, pop, cult sect is now kind of two sections. Uh, hopefully there's enough news going regularly seems like there always is and trailers to have two sections because uh i kind of like the way we do it mm -hmm. and we're gonna start off with some news and shout outs from our boy nicholas hey uh so our podcast we started it basically to kind of do a little bit of structure and a little bit of lightheartedness to get us both and anyone who wanted to listen to it through this quarantine a little bit easier and unfortunately, you know, not everything is good news. And this week has actually been a pretty major one. And now I am Nicholas Hate All Celebrities Morgan. Uh, but <laughs> I talk a bigger game than I practice. And I just want to talk about two very special uh, people that have passed away this week. And, you, and you'll be listening a little bit in the future. So this might be old news, but... It's still fresh for us, and that's why we want to talk about it. First, Joanna Cole. Joanna Cole being the author of the Magic School Bus series. Uh, I don't know if she was the illustrator. I forget who, I don't have that on me right now. But she was, you know, a, a fundamental piece of my childhood, many people's childhoods. Uh, the American, I know we've got some Russian bald women listening a, a small amount, but still. I don't know if it's the same <laughs> over there. Probably not, I'd assume. But these were like 
you know, we would watch it in classrooms growing up. We would have, we all had the books. We all knew it. We all joked about it to the point that even now that we're adults, years out of elementary school, we still make references to these episodes we watched as kids because it's so, like, formulative. And it's, it's a real shame. She was 75, and that's not a terrible age to go out on. Oh, but man. Mm-hmm. If you've seen Midsummer. Um, fact checker has slid me two pictures. One says Joanne Cole. So, oh, Joanna Cole, sorry. Um, so maybe she did some of the illustrations, but I'm also getting Bruce Deegan. Bruce Deegan, that's who it is. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Bruce Deegan. He, and that art translated really well to the series as well. Uh, sure, in that time, a lot of character designs for shows like these all look the same. But, you know, his had, <laughs> his had a really nice quirk to it. Um, but, yeah, she yeah. passed away of and, um, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Not the prettiest way. She The prettiest way is being suffocated by glitter. Also, if anyone out there is uh, not familiar with the Magic School Bus, you're probably familiar with uh, at least the meme of Arnold freezing. Oh, that's a good one. Or the... Yeah, he freezes in space when he takes his helmet off. Or the one... That's, that's there's an edit of the episode where they're inside the human body, and they go, girl, that's a booty hole? Uh, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> that's a, I like that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, so if, if this wasn't a part of your childhood, it's probably a part of your teenhood yeah. right now, uh, which is just, I think, goes to show how, uh, you know, uh, penetrative this was into the social... <laughs> zeitgeist uh, when we were kids because i never read the books but i certainly every now and then will just hum to myself get on the magic school because i remember the show a little bit at least and i mean kind of sad that she won't see the uh live action film version that's going to be coming out oh, soon I didn't know that was... but also uh yeah i think they just casted it recently for the for miss the the main teacher miss frizz know her name miss miss frizzle right miss frizzle or is it just frizz okay yeah miss frizzle it's like you don't believe they just casted her (laughs) they call her the frizz sometimes that's what it is she's in a yeah but i mean in a sense it's also probably the best because if the movie doesn't turn out good at least she knows you know hey it's coming out and maybe kids will like it and she'll never know if they hated it or loved it which is kind of you know a sweet spot um 75 you said 75 that's a pretty good age i mean obviously we all want more everyone always mm-hmm. wants more but by age i don't think 75 is the worst <laughs> like uh baba yo-yo yeah, baba yo-yo or <laughs> spoilers for the end flash forward of the mandalorian when he's 300 years old and gets diced in half <laughs> that's pretty cool maybe i will yeah. watch it <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right we're gonna move on one more one more major death and this one i've been crying for the last mm-hmm. couple days over it this one's really devastated me this is the passing of john huber you may know him as the professional wrestler luke harper in the wwe where he was a part of the wyatt family or in aew where he currently was as Brody Lee, which was what he wrestled with for most of his career, named his own named one of his kids Brody as well. It's a fun little nod to that. Uh, he uh, passed away a couple days ago, the age of 41, which is not a good age to pass at. No. Uh, he uh, left WWE around this time last year, and quickly, uh, like in March, I think, 
went to AEW and he was rocking it. He's one of the, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. And, you know, he was like finally getting, you know, his main event status. His fi He's finally, all these years of work, you know, wrestling in garages and gyms and bingo halls. It's finally like his chance. <laughs> and he got, what, nine months? And, yeah, you know, that's more than some people get, but... He was the guy who, uh, he, Bray Wyatt, who was partnered with in, in WWE, he shared a post about this and how these, how these two, they were supposed to keep wrestling into their 70s, back in the gyms, back in the bingo halls, you know, never letting go, like, uh, like Tracy Smothers did, like uh, Larry Zbysko, like, uh, what's, uh, what's his name? Oh, Terry Funk, Dory Funk, the Funk Brothers. Like, he was, they were, that's what the plan was. And now he, you know, plan's not there anymore. Yeah, and, plans change, unfortunately, as does life. And I know a lot of people, you, you know, you hear wrestling and you cringe and all of that, but, you know, uh, it's, it's an art form. It's, it's art, whether you personally like it or not these guys give up their bodies their lives and ultimately uh he passed of lung con uh conditions they said it wasn't related to covid so there's that but, you know it, it's very much like he was so promising and you know he was definitely going to take things places it reminds me of suddenly finding out about chadwick boseman's passing and it's like it comes out of nowhere because he's been doing yeah, all of this certain. up until this point and he was at his peak and then no more and unfortunately there's many examples of that in 2020 uh just wanted to they aew has changed their recent show their next show into a Brody lee tribute show and so all, tons of money oh, going into nice. his family and his two children he's left so there's that yeah so we're gonna move on from the sad stuff, the appreciation of life. Hopefully we don't have to do too many more of these. And we're gonna talk about uh, the the detective comics shitomatic universe. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> remember what DC stands for. Is that what for. DC stands for? <laughs> it's detective comics, yeah. Because they did detective um, stories. <laughs> yeah, Batman, the world's greatest detective. Mm -hmm. Should have seen that coming. All right. So this is basically from an interview by Walter Hamada, who is the president of DC Films, uh, basically discussing the future of DC movies in the wake of the the success of Wonder Woman 84. I don't think it's very deserved, but if a superhero movie is going to pretty much guarantee have success, especially one that's going on a brand new format like Wonder Woman has. Mm -hmm. So... There's basically going to be two lines of the DC movie future. There are going to be the really high budget designed for movie theaters movies. So this is like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam, whenever that happens. Uh, and the Flash movie, <laughs> you know, stuff. It's like the high yeah, profile stuff. But And then going straight to HBO Max will be smaller, riskier ones. So some things like... And they'll probably get a, like a simultaneously theater release, just not as much marketing and stuff like that. 
So assume this yeah. would be like um, if they make another Birds of Prey or anything like a Joker. Uh, there's suggestions, some hints and rumors that Batgirl or Static Shock both be pretty cool things to see. Um, yeah. So the goal is to so. I believe the goal is to have four main movies and then two HBO Max ones a year, which is a, you know, that's not bad. If they can finally get their, if they can finally get their shit together. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's also going to be a couple Max spin-offs of upcoming shows, upcoming movies we're getting. So I believe the Batman, which is the Robert Pattinson Batman, the one I'm most excited for, is. Uh, already has a spin-off streaming show. I don't know anything about it. I do know the showrunner just left, so... <laughs> yeah. Let's do this one. <laughs> and then, of course, Peacemaker, which is the spin-off of the Suicide Squad, which is the sequel thing of Suicide Squad. They just add a the, because that's just what you do nowadays. Uh, and that's where John Cena, of course, is leading as the Peacemaker. And I believe it is a prequel. <laughs> be weird if it was a sequel even weirder if it was current time with the movie <laughs> so this is basically it's like right before he gets captured and forced to join the suicide squad <laughs> so this is basically uh establishing the multiverse which is the direct opposite of what disney is doing current like in the movie's past maybe they're going to change it up like we've talked about uh, a couple episodes yeah. ago uh, but they're going to have the original timeline the earth one which is Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, etc., etc., and then have uh, a standalone universe, or Earth Two, and that's not to imply that <laughs> you know that's like the Joker and the Batman, not to imply that that Joker is the same as the Batman. We're still not sure yet, but these are the possibilities of what's going on. So the Batman yeah. is in the DC film universe but it's not in the extended universe which is messy and it's confusing and it's kind of <laughs> dumb but it's what you have to do and you basically it's gotta you gotta have to trial by fire it joker was a huge success and i think people will be receptive to it so so was a uh, spider-man into the multiverse which was basically what that was uh into the spider into the spider-verse sorry it's dr strange across the multiverse fuck uh, yeah, Multiverse of Madness, you got it. Oh, I was almost there. Almost there. That's what I do, approximate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. This also means that I there will be a Ben Affleck Batman movie coming as well. So we will have two different Batman at the same time. And in fact, the trick is, is there's going to be three different Batman. Because apparently <gasps> Michael Keaton is coming back as another oh. multiversal Batman. And I think, hopefully, this will be... Ben passing the torch on to Robert Pattinson, whom I hope stays on, because Robert Pattinson can do no fucking wrong. Uh, the cast <laughs> of the, the Batman is amazing. The trailer is amazing. So I'm hoping that this is what they do, you know? You know? Yeah, uh, I think with Marvel, it was really cool for them to just go into it and have them all be consistent. But then... They did and didn't do what DC is now doing when they decided we're going to have a Jessica Jones show and a Luke Cage show. Mm -hmm. They took the lesser known guys and gave them a show, but they were not really handcuffed, but they were, you know, within the realm of the 
of the larger film universe. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't really do anything too big. It was all like kind of personal stories or, you know, ground level gangsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they also touch on in Spider Man Homecoming when Iron Man tells him, you know, we call the feds because they'll deal with, like, you know, all this weapon trading and stuff. We have other things to deal with, in reference, of course, to, uh, you know, Justin Hammer and the Mandarin and everything else on a more global scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what DC is doing, which I really like, is having, you know, this is Earth 2, this is Earth 1. And maybe Static Shock will be like Earth 6, and <laughs> Batgirl will be in Earth 7. And, you know, there's no confirmation that they'll be all on the same Earth 2. But it is very interesting that they're going to be able to do big things. They can do pretty much whatever they want. And uh, I'm curious to see if by the end of the Batman, if he really is, as they say, uh, Earth 2 Batman, if he ends up with the Earth 2 Batman look. Because right now he just looks like Batman. If you're familiar with the comics at all, you know Earth Two Batman has like the red going for him, it which looks really won't cool. Be Earth Two, because that's Thomas Wayne, right? Probably not. Uh, no, that's I'm not sure which Earth he's from, but I do know what you're talking about. Uh, that actually, I think that one is created because of the Flashpoint event. Oh yes, so, yes, that, that, that is correct. Yeah, so that one uh, won't necessarily Gun be Thomas Batman. Wayne until the Flashpoint movie. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking love him. Uh, he's great, man. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they'll give him the super cool red and black look that Earth Two Batman has. I kind of hope they do, they, honestly. It's probably just because it would be, differentiate them a little more. Probably just gonna be the year it's one probably design. Gonna be, probably, but you know, I mean, Robert Pattinson looks great. <laughs> yeah, he looks great in the role, and I'm also curious to see because uh, Ben Affleck has a Batman movie coming with Michael Keaton. If Michael Keaton is going to end up being, because they said, you know, he's Batman, Mm -hmm. he's a different Batman, if he ends up being the Batman from, say, the Batman Beyond universe, which they totally could do, because Michael Keaton is already an older man, slap a little bit of older, yes, (laughs) slap a little bit of leather on his face, and then he's Leatherface, and he could be like, oh, I'm Bruce Wayne, and this is Terry my protege or whatever and, and it's ben ben Affleck's Affleck. like his terry well here's my <laughs> protege and then he pulls robert pattinson out of another universe um that's that's weird <laughs> it would be ridiculous <laughs> especially because robert pattinson's already batman in his timeline so it wouldn't make sense but uh yeah it would be a decent opportunity i think since they're already like you said trial by firing this uh which i do think is the right move if they did decide to say, you know what, since Ben Affleck, this is like his last contract movie or whatever, and then we have him in a cameo where he dies or whatever, before we switch to Robert Pattinson all the way, fuck it, let's have another another Batman join in. In addition to Michael Keaton occasionally popping in as old man Wayne, we'll have Terry McGinnis, which, I don't know, I think could be cool. I always liked uh, Batman Beyond style, and... Uh, you know, it's riskier, so Spider-Man kind of prime for an HBO Max show. Did it better? And Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> we could have him join in. They're Why both, not jump universes? They both have Irish names, too. It's Terry, it's Terry McGinnis and then yes. and then something O'Hara, Miguel O'Hara. <laughs> yes, yes. What a fun So that would be, that'd be nice. That wouldn't mind I that. mean, introduce 2099 in the Multiverse of Madness, and then <laughs> DC and Marvel will be neck and neck. 
Batman but, uh, Batman's yeah, versus Spider-Man's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited for this news. I love Flashpoint the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the movie's supposed to be based off of, mm-hmm. in which we will get Thomas Wayne Batman. And they did it in all this, of this, this just TV seems... show as well. Ezra Miller oh, came he came into that. Uh, fuck Ezra nice. Miller though. <laughs> Hate that dude. <laughs> remember when he choked that woman, slammed her to the ground? Wasn't that cool? I vaguely remember that. Uh, we just don't um, even punish people yeah. anymore. Well, they've always gotten away with it. They're rich. It's true. That's how it works. Yeah, so I'm excited for this news about the universe. Um, I want to see it. I want to see all these things. Maybe I'll buy into HBO Max. You got me. Then you can watch What's The Wire. Next? Oh, shit. And The Sopranos. Hey, there we go. And uh, Trem. Trem. Trem? Trem. It's, it's like the spiritual successor to The Wire. It's the same showrunner. I only watched that first episode. Oh, cool. But it's like all New Orleans, like... The, their community. Oh, shit. It nice. sounds really cool. It was oh, good. Oh, and I can watch True Detective. Oh, I hear right. the first season's good. Is that on HBO? I thought that was Showtime. I think it's on HBO. Who knows? But we are going to move on. We're moving on. To our middle section, a brand new game. You're like, wow, Nick, you sure have a lot of games. And I go, that's why they call me Nicholas. <laughs> so this game is called. That was. <laughs> 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 I thought I was waiting for the punch and it never came. That's why they call him Nicholas. Sorry, this game. <laughs> this game is called Let Who Boxed, which is <gasps> well, cool reference to Letterbox, but I'm gonna explain it and you'll understand. So this is a game I am going to play at Greg's expense, or Greg's going to play while Yay. I kind of hold the reins. Either works. What? Uh, so this is where I'm gonna take some hilarious movie reviews off of Letterboxd. Uh, most of these have been found through Insane Letterboxd on Twitter, which has more followers than the official Letterboxd account. Isn't that cool? Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be looking out for them as well. And Greg is going to guess which movie they belong to. He has not seen any of these. He does not follow the account. Uh, <clears throat> nope. And we're going to go. I've ranked them. The first one's really obvious. If he gets it wrong, it's going to be really embarrassing. But it'll be a great example <laughs> for everyone here. We're going to progressively get it harder. For bonus round, we're going to guess the stars. <laughs> These points don't really matter because it's only Greg competing, but it'll be fun. So, <laughs> here's our first review. Tintin is so cool. I bet he rolls thick-ass blunts. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> Tintin. Tintin, is it? Is so cool. I. Tintin. Tintin. Is it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No, it is Tintin. It's so cool. Is it Tintin? The movie is called The Adventures of Tintin. The Adventures of Tintin. You know... It's hard to remember the I never part. saw it. It was on trailers a bunch. Uh, it, the animated movie... It's actually really well animated. The comic okay. itself is like rough, but you know it's a cute movie. But Tintin... That was really obvious, and now I'm embarrassed. Don't worry, you'll get the second one, hopefully. Tintin is okay. so cool, I bet he rolls thick-ass blunts. How many... What's your rating? Now, Letterbox rates from a half a star to five stars. So, anywhere in between. I'll give you a hint. This There's no half stars on this one. Oh, okay, That'll make cool. it easier. Well, if he's so cool, then it's got to be four for 420. Exactly! It is four <laughs> stars! <laughs> Adventures of Tintin. Fucking nailed it. In fact, for each review, I'll just give you the half or the, the the whole. If it's half or whole, it 
just to be a little easier. So, okay. here we go. Guess I am racist. Next line, mouse racist. Oh no, oh, oh, that's, um... <laughs> oh no, oh, God! It's... What movie would you it's watch? It's not The Great Mouse Detective. It's that one where they come from the boat and they're mice, but what's it called? It is not that one. That's that's the tale of something, a, a mouse tale. Uh, an American tale, American tale, right? It's not that one. Oh, this, fuck, it's not that one? So this is him being, I am racist against mice because of this movie. So guess I am racist, mouse racist. You went, these mice are racist, which I understand. <laughs> but what movie oh, would you watch that features a mouse that would make you racist towards mice? Not Nick Mice, our oh. past guest. Miza. Miza. Um. Miza. That'd make you read. Something. Would it be something about the bubonic plague, by chance? No. It's a comedy Fuck. movie. In fact, it's directed oh, by God. one of your favorite directors. Is it Mouse directors. Hunt? It is not Mouse Hunt. Oh, directed man. by one, one of your favorite directors. directors. David Fincher. <laughs> one of. Quentin Tarantino. It's a. It's a family <laughs> comedy. A family comedy that makes you racist against Directed mice Directed and it filmed in 1999. I have a question. Yes. Is the mouse a prominent part? Or oh, is there it's just the like main character. Thing? It's the main character. Oh, is it Stuart it's Little? It's Stuart Little! Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Guess man. I am racist. Two stars. Mouse racist. It is one and a half, so that's close. Oh, all right, all right. All right, moving on. This is that <laughs> was racist. that was the first step of the easy. So we're gonna move on to medium difficulty. Oh shit! So all right, <laughs> here is this review. Nothing to do with shoes. Nothing to do with shoes. <laughs> that the first thing that comes to mind is Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. It is not that. This is a movie that has come out. That within the last couple years oh geez all right um so you think this movie you go you expect it to be something with shoes but it's got nothing to do with shoes not the phantom thread that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that one's very much about shoes mm -hmm. um in fact this movie came out this year this year it's You're not like, wow it's i not expect this box. to be with shoes because i came out last or two years ago. No, last year. Uh, nothing last, okay. to do with book came out two years ago. Nothing to do with shoes. Oh. This isn't... A book came out. This isn't... No, the, that was for Bird Box. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, This right. is an animated movie <laughs> that came out this year. Animated movie came out 2020 this In year? 2020 this year. Okay. Nothing to do with shoes. But something about this... Oh, soul. It's soul! It's gotta be soul. Nothing to do with shoes. <laughs> uh, not spelled that way either. <laughs> it's not spelled that way either. You're exactly correct. How many God stars? damn it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess three stars. One star. So it's got nothing to do with oh, shoes. Oh, I should have guessed that because he was upset about the shoes. Exactly. Context God clue. damn it. Okay. Here we go. This is another 2020 All right. All right. movie. I got my fists bound. Let's go. I could see the man. The Invisible Man? Exactly. Nailed it in one. That was so easy. Why was that not in the easy section? 
I don't know. I figured you'd psych yourself out on that one. How many stars? If they could see the man. <laughs> they could see the man? Could it's got to be two stars. It's one star. One man. Oh, okay. Technically two men. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, okay. who knows? Here we go. This is hard, hard mode. Hard round. So. Oh, shit. Here we go. It's like Seinfeld plus Scott Pilgrim. Plus, an early 2000s webcomic, I Want to Die. Now, a hint. This features an actor we've talked about on today's episode. During the actual recording. Of During the, episode, the actual recording. If you can name the actor, I'll, I'll confirm yes or no. <laughs> okay, well, we talked about Ben Affleck. Ding! talked about oh god <laughs> so quick okay ben affleck's in it what what was can you it's read it one more time like seinfeld plus scott pilgrim plus an early 2000s webcomic i want to die oh well i don't think it's this but is it daredevil it is not daredevil okay okay not daredevil i think it's a little earlier than daredevil daredevil is 2001 oh wow yeah, I yeah. believe so. This is yeah, a 90s movie. Early. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> it's not a Scanner Darkly, because he's not in that one. It is not a Scanner Darkly. Early 90s Ben Affleck movie that's like Seinfeld mixed with Scott Pilgrim mixed with an early 2000s webcomic. I want to die. Can I get an example of an early 2000s webcomic? Um, like, Control-Alt-Delete, which is the comic of the gamers that which the meme loss originated from. Also, I feel like technically Scott I don't think Pilgrim he was in Hackers. Is comic. <laughs> no, it is. It is <laughs> not Hackers. Pilgrim. And I don't think he was in okay. Hackers. Matthew Lillard was though. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Think more of like the comedy aspects of web comics, not like the oh, techno technology it... advance. What was his? What was that movie? It's like Geely or something. Is it Geely? No, it is directed okay. by a rather famous director, uh, very prominent in the '90s, early 2000s. The very unique directing style, comedies. Oh, John Hughes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. In fact, this director also plays a main role in the movie. Well, like a side character. But... Oh my god. It, well, it's not Goodwill Hunting. That would be strange. It's not Goodwill Hunting. That'd be very strange. Especially Ben Affleck's not the main character in that. Is he the main character in this movie? Yes. He is one okay. of the two main characters. Well, there's three main characters. He's one of the two main characters. I was going to say, question. Are there, are there like a... Is it like Coke Bottle where there's only three characters? No. And he's a lead? No. Okay. Okay. This is a romantic comedy. Okay, romantic comedy. Ben Affleck, not made in Manhattan. It's not. Not crazy stupid love. Not crazy stupid love. <laughs> God damn it. I don't think I can get this one. I I'll don't tell know you, uh, Ben Affleck's filmography very well. I'll give you some more members of the cast. Joey oh, Lauren you. Adams is the romantic lead. And Jason Lee is the other male lead. Jason Lee, that name sounds so familiar, but I can't He's an Alvin name. and the Chipmunks. He is in Dogma. He is in Mallrats. Oh. He is in Cop Out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's not My Name is Earl, is he? He is My Name is Earl. Oh, he's My Name is Earl, Earl. <laughs> yep. Man, what? <laughs> what could this possibly be? The 
uh, two of the movies I listed are by the same director. Dogma <laughs> and Mall this Rats. This is not going to help me. Oh, Kevin Smith. It's Kevin Smith. Clerks? It's not Clerks. Fuck. In fact, Ben Affleck, <laughs> that's one of the few Kevin Smith movies of the era that Ben Affleck was not in. <laughs> oh, wait. So would it be Jay and Silent Bob? No. This was that's in Fuck. 2002, I think. Oh, okay. This was right. And then this Strike was Back that. was even later. That's the same movie. Well, it's obviously not Clerks too, because that came out way later. Yeah. Now I'm you like, named every movie Kevin Smith except this one. <laughs> oh my god. The, the, I feel like people at home are screaming right now. Half of the title is the female character's name. Well, it's not blank name. Man, it's only two words. It's that only two words. Out. Oh no! It's not legally blonde. It's blank ing name. Something Eve? Not Eve, but it's three letters. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god! What's another three-letter name? Uh, Mia, Nat. Not Mia. Son. Not Nat. Not son. <laughs> <laughs> Think of Hedgehog. Yes. Sonic. Yes. Amy. Amy. It's gotta be Amy. Amy is the name. Saving Blanking Amy? Amy. Not saving Amy. Is it uh, killing Amy? Hunting Not Amy? Not killing Amy. Not hunting. <laughs> Chasing Amy is the movie. Facing Amy. Jesus Christ. Damn, I thought... This is the hard section. This is the hard section. I figured, you know, the Kevin Smith clue would have gotten you there, but oh, oh man. This boy. is one of his least Yeah, I don't know his filmography. Interesting. I had a big okay. Kevin Smith phase. All right. Less so than uh, that one about yoga hosers. Oh, I'm, I don't dare watch yoga hosers. All right. <laughs> We're going to move on to the final one. Now this one's hard oh, fuck. because Here there's very little context clues. <laughs> okay. Oh wait. Uh, uh, killing Amy is one star. <laughs> oh, I just. No, actually, it's four stars. Uh, what? I know. I didn't. I, it was a very positive score, despite him wanting oh, to die. Oh, that's hilarious. It's probably because Jane yeah. Silent Bob are so funny. Oh, it must be a good wanna die. I get it. Hmm. I don't know. But because <laughs> Jane Silent Bob. Here we so go. Funny. Yes. I had this on VHS. You can't open the case anymore because it's sealed shut with all the cum that got sprayed on it. <laughs> so. Uh, what year is 1997. This movie? <laughs> 97. Is it Showgirls? It's not Showgirls. In fact, okay. uh, this is not a movie that one would come on. <laughs> unless you're real weird. 97. Is it Godzilla? It is not Godzilla. It is a comedy, a PG comedy. PG comedy that he would jizz upon. That, that, <laughs> that Nick does not believe people would no. normally jizz upon. It'd be very weird <laughs> if he jizzed on this movie. <clears throat> My personal opinion. A PG. <laughs> um. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll Basketball is involved somehow. Somehow. So it's not white men can't jump. It's not white men can't there's a movie where the guy's a basketball player and I think the girl is too and like he breaks up with her or something. This features in the lead role a deceased actor. Michael Clark Duncan? No. Is the movie The Green Mile? <laughs> that movie does not have basketball in it as far as I know. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very much not so. Oh man. It's 
not basketball. That'd be weird. It's not basketball. Uh, with a dead lead. <laughs> Very funny actor. Covered in cum. Hilarious actor. Very One funny. of the funniest. Adam Adam Sandler's not dead, so it can't be him. <laughs> I like that that's your first response. That's a good one. <laughs> he was super funny in the 90s. It's true. I don't disagree. And he loves basketball. That's oh, a good man. guess. He does. He does. <clears throat> Uncut Gems. Great movie. Um, Funny dead comedian. Robert... Ro- uh, Robert Williams? Robin Williams. Robin Williams is the lead actor. <laughs> is the lead actor. It's not Patch Adams, is it? Is it is not Patch Adams. It okay, is one it's word. definitely not Good Will Hunting. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's not Good Morning Vietnam, then. <laughs> nope. Great movies, though. You've listed great movies. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Think He's less great, great filmography. And think all right. <laughs> well, I was going to say Hook, but everyone says that's great. Hook is great. Okay. And I imagine basketball pops up at some point, but <laughs> it—I think it might actually. <laughs> less, <laughs> less great as Robin Williams, now deceased comedy actor. One word title. Um, basketball is featured, but it's not like the main plot. Oh right, okay. It's not Mrs. Doubtfire because that's it's two not words. Mrs. And also, you said okay, and apparently that's a great movie. It's, I haven't seen it. It's all right. It's a good movie. It's all right. I'll say. Robin Williams is really okay. good. Yeah, for sure. It's not Death to Smoochie because that's a <laughs> way too many words. It's like that also very good movie though. <laughs> Polarizing. <laughs> I've never seen it, but it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Polar. <laughs> it's an oddity. That's a, that's a that's a real weird mark, and it's not. Before you say it, it's not the adventures <laughs> of Doctor Baron Munchausen. Is he in, or? I didn't even know that was a thing. Or or so Fisher King. I don't know if he's in Munchausen. I don't think about it, but he's definitely in Fisher King. It's not Fisher King. Oh, is it Fisher King? Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> You're just giving me the answer, and I'm ignoring it. Um. Basketball features. 1997. Basketball. Family comedy. Nice. Robin Williams. Um, oh. Oh. Is it Flubber? It's Flubber! <laughs> Flubber. Five stars. Exactly. Easy. Five stars. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. It's fucking Flubber. Oh, man. <laughs> can't open the case anymore. <laughs> I completely forgot he was in. <laughs> it's because Flubber turns into the hot girl Flubber Why in would... the dance number. Remember that? Where there's a bunch of Flubbers? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. I had, hey, man, I had that on VHS. I feel like this one had a green VHS tape. <laughs> I would, yeah, I feel the same way. Covered in cum. Come, Interesting. It's a very, you know, I'd like to talk to this man. <laughs> I feel like there's some voyeurism in the movies. I don't think that's completely off. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh... So, nice. while it took you a minute to get the movies, you were pretty much you were pretty <laughs> close with most of the scores, especially with Flubber. Thanks, five man. star easy, <laughs> <laughs> easy. And that brings us to the end. It's so good of Let Who Boxed. <laughs> I think is a rousing <laughs> success. Very fun game. I think. I think so too. You have opinions? I had fun playing it. You have any uh, very funny uh, reviews? that you would like us to include in this, email them to us at morbol831 at gmail and include a letterboxed or some variation of that in the title so Greg knows not to read it. Wink? Yes. 
Because if I read it, the game's over. And if the game's over, we lose. You all lose too. Sorry, bald women. You lose out on us. So, so yeah, email us, morble831 at gmail.com. And that takes us back to the other section. Yep. The section, the half where we discuss the trailers. Trailers that came out recently or within some point in time that we found interesting or at least big enough to be like, yeah, we should probably talk about that. Um, <laughs> hence the uh, Disney episode that is three hours long. <laughs> you bring and we're going to go ahead and start off our trailer talk here with coming to number two, America. The African monarch, Akeem, learns he has a long-lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. Nicholas, you want to take us away with this first one, or would you like me to give a few thoughts? Yes, I'll handle it. So, this is Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. (laughs) (laughs) T.O. (laughs) 2. Which is... It won't be confusing, trust us. Yeah, it's like fantastic. So this is <laughs> a fucking all-star studded movie, much like the original Coming to America, but this one's really stacked them up. So this is featuring Eddie Murphy reprising his role, of course, and Arsenio Hall yeah. being his, yeah. his, you know, his, his foil in the movie. Also features the talents mm-hmm. of Jermaine Fowler, Leslie Jones, Tracy Morgan... Uh, Sherry Headley, Tiana Taylor, Wesley Snipes, and of course, it's James Earl Jones. Ain't no denying <laughs> that James Earl Jones voice. No, no, no. Written, I believe the the, the head writer was is Kenya Barris from Blackish, Mixedish. Uh, then Barry W. Blaustein, who I believe did the original Coming to America, and of course, The Nutty Professor. And we'll talk about some hints of Nutty Professor in a little bit. And then, of course, David <laughs> Sheffield, who was uh, another writer on the originals as well. So, in this trailer, is basically an introduction to the characters, mainly yeah. a sizzle reel just to see who's in the movie. And then it cuts to finding out <laughs> a very funny bit of editing and formatting. All the characters that... Eddie Murphy loves playing because he loves playing multiple characters, but now he's got oh, our senior yeah. hall, and they play <laughs> the entire room except for one person inside this barber shop, and it is it's oh it's fuck it's really funny, uh you it's know pretty good. <laughs> it, it 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 wore out its welcome in like the mid two thousands late two thousands but we're back we're back, <laughs> you know I think we're back. Backstreet's back all right. And they're really, and it's, you know, it's riff, it, you know, it's just a bunch of riffing and and really lighthearted stuff. And it looks like everyone's having a lot of fun. That's really the, the most glimpse we get from this movie is this barbershop scene. It's like the basically the entire last half of the trailer. But a thing I noticed, because, um, well, one, we're in like this Eddie Murphy renaissance, which fucking finally, we're, we're seeing a lot of, <laughs> we're seeing a lot of actors that have, you know quote unquote like been in a funk really return and be great mm-hmm. like uh eddie murphy adam sandler brendan frazier we're getting lots of these and i fucking love it 
another thing, these guys are all look fucking great. Like, the years have been so kind to these people. And, you know, of course, they're all, like, millionaires, <laughs> whatever. But, like, yeah. these guys have been at it a long time. And they fucking look amazing. Like, Arsenio Hall still looks so young. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this trailer, Gregory? Uh, I haven't seen the first one, but I will say, just as a quick side note, uh, they did the two thing for the title, uh, which... I think is unfortunate personally. I feel like most bad movies do that, like <laughs> Zoolander T.O. Um, that's obviously not the same thing, but you know, just a dumb and dumber T.O. It's I, like a subtitle coming to America, the new prince <laughs> or something. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Chapter two even would be a little more uh, decent, I think. But coming to America when the first one is coming to America, like I said, I, I don't think it'll be. <laughs> I don't think it'll be confusing, you know, as the years go by. And I hope the movie's great, but I, I don't like. Uh, yeah, the forecast is a bit bleak with uh, that titling. Yeah, and I did think the barbershop bit was pretty funny actually, <laughs> uh, especially the generational gap where the young man tries to join in. Uh, but he doesn't understand that referencing like beloved historical figures and or movies well, he, oh. isn't the same thing what was the, as referencing the first, actual tragic the characters. The first line was like, like, oh, hey, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's some a, Kuta Kinte. It's Kuta Kinte and Ebola. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Blood Diamond. Well, what's what up, can we hotel, do for you, hotel Rwanda? Rwanda? <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking like, got me. It was so funny. <laughs> It's super funny. And then the young guy tries to join in. He's like, yeah, what's up? Uh, the, the little African babies with the flies on their face. And everyone's just like, oh, that's not okay, man. you got to get out of my shop. <laughs> you know, that haircut was, really was clearly great. finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He won't send anybody away with half a haircut. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, it looked great. Uh, I, I like seeing Wesley Snipes' name in this. I hope he's having a renaissance his way. And Never lost, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Big old great cast. It looks like it could be funny. Uh, it it obviously is. It's very clearly, you know, the bare bones first idea they had for a plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, how do we get them back to America? He has a son he has to fight. And then we could make a third sequel about the son. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. But, you know, I don't know. It should be funny. Eddie Murphy, hell yeah. Which brings us, I believe, unless Nick has anything else, to the next trailer. The Human Voice. The Human Voice. A woman watches time passing next to the suitcases of her ex-lover and a restless dog who doesn't understand that his master has abandoned him. Two living beings facing abandonment. Now, The Human Voice, for those of you unaware, like I was before I uh, uh, looked it up, on IMDb, thank you IMDb, uh, is a short film, it's going to be 30 minutes long, according to the runtime on IMDb, that is based on a play, which also runs about 30 minutes. Uh, the play is by Jean Cocteau, is that how you pronounce it? He's French, so Jean, Jean Cocteau? Yeah. And uh, I started watching it in our pre-pro meeting, I got about 10 minutes in, and uh, just comparing the trailer to the play, right away i love some of the things that they're doing to make it more filmic like 
having the dog be an actual character in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, in the short film, uh, which was nice. I believe it looks like an Australian Shepherd. It looks like a cutie, blue eyes. And instead of having his bags all packed, she has a suit for him laid out. And then if you watch the trailer, it looks like she's buying an axe so that maybe she'll murder him once he's in the suit. Or maybe she wants to dress him up in the suit after axing him. Or maybe she's just buying the axe to, you know, throw out some rage. But overall, this short trailer with Tilda Swinton, shout out, our favorite David Bowie impersonator, and our first bald woman listener. She hasn't done the David Uh, Bowie impersonation. (laughs) Her life is a David Bowie impersonation. Okay, all right, you've convinced me. I'm back. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, uh, and also the first short film that we've talked about on this show during the trailer section, which is super cool, so good for us, and it looks really interesting. I want to watch this thing, Mm -hmm. and it's only 30 minutes, so why not? Nick, what do you think about this? Yeah, I actually didn't realize it was a short film at first until I was going through my data afterwards. When I watched the trailer, I was just like, oh, wow. You know, this is going to be some more Pedro Almodovar stuff. Um, I just want to say Tilda is the best. If you're going to have, you know, an entire play, a movie based around one character with nobody else, Tilda Swinton's got to be on your short list. She is a fucking phenomenal actress. This is also Pedro's first English movie. Uh, an amazing director uh, he typically sticks within his preferred language Spanish so he's also done the skin I live in mm-hmm. and uh, nervous what's it nervous breakdown <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting it now but it's a fucking phenomenal <laughs> movie of uh, women on the verge of a nervous breakdown that's what it is oh there you go nice oh god <laughs> amazing stuff and it's really cool to see him <laughs> branching out. I mean, he's not exactly a, a, a spring chicken. He's at the ripe age of 71. <laughs> but it's always cool to see, you know, even at that age, trying some new things. It, as a director, always want to be trying that, always want to be learning. I think that's a very good mm-hmm. example for anyone who wants to, to be directing. And speaking of, this looks like uh, a motivar. Which, uh, there's an accent <laughs> on the O, so I've been struggling on how exactly to enunciate which parts and which focus on, so sorry. If I just caricature <laughs> it, no one will notice, right? Uh, this looks like one of his movies. Uh, yeah, of course. It's got the telltale signs. It's so dense and and poetic in just how ev- the mise-en-scene, how everything is just laid out in front of us. <laughs> Especially the fucking costumes, even for even the, just the suit, which no one wears, mm-hmm. it's all fucking phenomenal. Uh, just always make sure to just keep an eye out, and, and you know maybe you'll learn something that you wouldn't have just by looking at the costumes. That's pretty much all I got to say. Very excited. And you said this is already out. Uh, March of 2021 is oh, okay. when it's supposed to come out. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I was watching a uh, a filmed oh, version of, of a play. play of okay. the play. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I wish I could watch this movie right now. It looks fucking excellent. Hell yeah. Want to take us into the next movie? I do. A uh, quick side note, Nick. Have you seen Thoroughbreds? No. It was a film that was written as a play, and then when they made it into a film, they made some changes to make it more filmic. But I. And like endlessly fascinated by that movie and I really want to watch it again because I love it and maybe you'll love it too moving on 
the little things. Okay, so this is like like the log line just says like two detectives hunt a serial killer. I'm gonna read the thing that's a little more detailed about the storyline. Uh, a Deke, a burnt out Kern County, Yo, California what? deputy sheriff, who huh? teams with Baxter, a crack LSAD detective, to nab a serial killer. LSAD? That's uh yeah, Los Angeles. Uh, what would S be? Because I thought it would be homicide. I don't know. Serial assassin department. <laughs> serial serial detective detective. I don't know. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, yeah. I feel like that might just be. Do like you want to start us off with this? Yeah. One? Uh, yeah, so it might be. First off, Kern County represent. Kern uh, County. We're from Kern County, so that's always it's always it's hey. the most fun I'll get from watching this. I think. Uh, we <laughs> yeah, talk about this, this trailer. So this movie is very serious, I think, because it's about like a serial killer mm-hmm. and they're pursuing it, and it's like high tense drama. But this trailer is so cheesy, like it's so fun, <laughs> and so I don't really get that. So Jared Leto plays who we're presumed to believe the serial killer that Denzel and Rami Malek are pursuing. And he does a cute little wave, yes. and he's, you know, he's very funny. And then Denzel is Sipping funny. And then De- Denzel is, like, cartoonish back to him. Like, there's one part where they're in the prison, they're in, like, the interrogation room, and Denzel goes to, like, punch the wall. But he punches the wall so high, like, it's, 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 it's such, like, a big angle. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. I broke out laughing. I was like, why did he, it's like, you know, normally you'd punch straight ahead, but no, he did like a, like the end of Breakfast Club. Don't you. you. Uh, (laughs) It's very funny. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And and (laughs) in fact, it's mostly him that's kind of bringing this cheese. So there's like him putting the gun on his dashboard because Jared Leto's pulling up and he does this big shit eating Mm -hmm. grin and it just, it (laughs) And maybe we'll get some characterization in the movie that kind of explains that. But within this trailer, it just looks like a very strange acting choice. And it, they were just kind of like, yeah. hey, Denzel, you're Denzel Washington. Just kind of do what you want. And he's like, all right. <laughs> Rami looks good, though. Uh, I've got no... I, 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 I kind of like how he's delivering his lines. I like his, his presence. It's fun. You know, as the rough and tough Kern County deputy sheriff... Versus the quote-unquote, you know, glamorous, more put-together L.A. SPD emergency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a fun <laughs> dynamic, and it helps physically because Rami Malek looks like a big stinking nerd, and Denzel is, you know, like a big built man. Uh, I think this might be Rami's uh, redemption from Bohemian Rhapsody. Holy shit, that movie stunk. I hope this one doesn't stink. It's got stinkage uh, qualities. You know, it could definitely be stink, but let's hope it doesn't. Because Kern County! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not actually sure anymore if this is based off of the serial killer that was based in Kern County, or at least did most of his killing in Kern County, uh, who I believe was caught recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig Falano. Be real strange. Oh, neat. <laughs> we do not support or endorse serial murders. Um, the joke is, is that I his don't name think sounds this is... like Greg Bolanos. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. I, <laughs> I don't think uh, this movie is based off of him. I mean, it could I, be, I and they could be is. 
doing like a rust job on the ending like okay fuck how do we actually get him um <laughs> they haven't released the police reports but yeah that was one of the things that was most exciting for me is that i thought oh this is like based on a real life thing uh and now i'm not sure it is anymore and also agree denzel uh seems very hammy in this mm-hmm. he's really uh playing to the camera so to speak and well uh, the, that's the main issue that i have with this trailer is that it doesn't denzel doesn't feel great but i can't actually tell if it's all him or if it's how they edited the trailer mm-hmm. because the editing of this trailer isn't very good uh jared leto doesn't feel great when he shows up rami malik whom i love doesn't feel great either and that's why i'm kind of like i don't know how their performances are Mm -hmm. they could be like super hammy and not very good or it could just be this trailer that's not selling them very well uh which is unfortunate especially because this feels like this feels like a short film (laughs) Uh, it certainly does while the human voice feels like it could be like a feature coke bottle thing where she's in her apartment waiting for him to come back maybe to act we've seen stuff like that maybe not like a yeah like two two girls and a guy with uh robert downey jr that's all that movie is and this one i don't know it just feels like so kind of expedient but it also doesn't feel like it's going to have much in between like it's just padding out runtime with Denzel sitting in his apartment with his head in his hands or having a drink when he's not supposed to and Rami having a barbecue with his family and it's like all right but where's like the movie (laughs) where's the actual thing that we want to see you know them finding clues and going over crime scenes and maybe their family's breaking apart a little bit because they're too focused on their job where's all of that and this trailer doesn't give you any of that and I'm not sure where the movie is Mm -hmm. because if the movie really is you know him at a barbecue looking at his kids like boy i hope you don't get murdered and then talking to denzel about i'm doing this to for the girls and denzel's like i'm doing it for me then (laughs) that's you know that's a scene i and a scene is like five minutes so when so there's a part in the trailer that rami like he's like who are you doing it for yeah he's like i'm doing it for the victims or whatever and it's like he pulls out like there's a picture of like a girl in a pool and i'm not sure if that's if that's like because i assumed it was like oh maybe it's like a dead sister or a daughter and maybe i just missed Mm -hmm. that if she was in the trailer earlier because you mentioned him being at a barbecue which i i must have missed (laughs) yeah he's like out in his backyard and i think his wife's barbecuing actually while his kids play in the pool or some shit it's Okay, so it may be... It doesn't look like it's lit very well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it may just be that, like, that picture is just of his kids and he's hoping that they don't get murdered. I was actually kind of liking the yeah. fact that he... That maybe he was... Maybe it was, like, a niece or something that he was somehow related and he was trying yeah, to hide that so he wasn't taken off of it. I kind of like that. But I have a feeling that's not what it is like, <laughs> anymore, unfortunately. Oh, because I yeah, didn't pay so attention. <laughs> no, Nicholas. Well, if it isn't the consequence of my own actions. <laughs> and that takes us to our final trailer, Lapsus. Struggling to support himself and his ailing younger brother, delivery man Ray takes a strange job in a strange new realm of the gig economy. So, Nick, you want to start yeah, us off I'm on this, take baby? Us off on this. 
So, Schlapper. this is The Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is... I need to see it. This movie is so uh, uh, similar in terms of vibes and the, the off-putting comedy in what is like... Pretty, it seems like a very dry movie for the most part. About like this sci-fi concept that we don't really know a lot about in the first act. And then in the second act, we find out how horrifying it is you know stuff like that that's i i feel like this movie is going to follow the lobster formula and i don't know if it can do it as good as yorgos can because yorgos is a fucking man uh <laughs> the man not implying anything because the guy who's directing this is also a man just to clarify. uh i'm intrigued mm -hmm. um because the mystery because it's like you're called a cabler and it involves taking a hike to this mysterious box and hooking a cable on it that you've been dragging along but you can't let the mm -hmm. you can't let this little dinky robot pass you, or else it invalidates your <laughs> your whole thing, and you don't get any money for it. And it's like there's a mm -hmm. whole community, and there's an app for it, and it's like I'm really intrigued on the the mystery of it. But the trailer tells us that this is like a, a progressive satire and stuff and it's like oh you know it's class conscious yada yada so i'm like oh i think i already kind of know what the answer to the mystery is it's oh it's uh probably going to be rich people seeing what poor people will do something like that so i and even if i'm not uh with this kind of formula the answers are never as satisfying as the mystery is for me mm -hmm. uh and i think I'd love to read someone else's review of this movie. Maybe another, maybe <laughs> if another trailer comes out, I'll be a little bit more sold on it. But that's basically what I feel on it. How do you feel, Greg? Or Reed? <laughs> um, uh, this feels like an episode of Black Mirror. Yes. But not in like... I, that that was my first thought, Metalhead, when I saw the little machine coming after him. I was like, oh no, it's going to kill him. Uh, but it's just a race, which is nice. Um, <laughs> it feels like an episode of Black Mirror, but I actually like this as its own movie rather than if it were an episode of Black Mirror. It doesn't feel close enough to be an episode. Uh, not really sure why. Maybe it's all the green. But That's a good point. I thought this was... Um, very interesting i really like the romanticized idea of gig work here um that they're able to make thousands of dollars for one day's work which is like you know the hike with the cord or cable or whatever to the box and then they just plug it in and now your account has a thousand dollars in it uh it really does seem like how people think you know uber works and lyft you know oh you just drive people around and you can live off of that and it's super easy well, maybe in Vegas it's a little easier, but, you know, if you're like a small town fella, probably not viable as a source of income. Uh, but it does feel like a very romantic notion, uh, which I like, because I think it plays into the ideal of, you know, you look at it and maybe your first job you don't have competition, uh, and then your second job there's a little robot fella who's trying to outpace you. Who moves at a very consistent pace it's like it follows kind of um, it's like that one it's always right there there's this like it came out i think last year it's like this australian movie where this girl is trying to get across like the, the australian plains or whatever and she's followed by this zombie 
who is the, you know, a slow shambler, but he never needs the rest. And I think it's of, like, her ex-boyfriend awesome. or something. So she she doesn't want to, like, kill it or whatever. But it, it's, it's, mm. but it's always persistently following and so she has to rest that's a really cool idea researching for <laughs> scavenging and stuff comes with the risk especially if you lose track of time very cool concept and especially if like the motif in that one is like he was abusive or some sort and now he's always following her and probably trying to eat her considering he's a zombie yeah, true. <laughs> this you were gonna say something this trailer so it doesn't seem like the robot is like it's not gonna kill him <laughs> like yeah it's it, not it, it has no malice a scene it is a robot <laughs> of it interacting with the cord and all it does is poke it and it's very funny actually <laughs> it's very yeah, cute he's a cutie um <laughs> maybe there's the twist that oh if it does it a certain time you know this the cord you're connected to electrocutes you or something uh who knows possibly i kind of it, it's it's like i kind of like that there is not a threat it's just stressful that's cool but then i'm also like but you know there's no threat but you know there's bound to be a threat yeah. somehow well i also like it showed at one point i believe that he dug a hole because it's going in a straight line it's it's doing the robot thing you know it's like this is the fastest way to get there and so i will do that so he digs a hole where he anticipates it's going to be and it falls in i think and I it know. can't get out Later on, we see like a group of guys in red shirts, and maybe they're like the tech team who's like, "We're gonna punish you for hurting the robot," or uh, you know, they just come out to fix the robot or whatever. But I, I like that idea that he has that competition, the whole man versus machine thing, because it also, in a sense, at least to me, it spoke to the uh, future of motor vehicles, which I really, uh, going back to the Uber and Lyft thing, which I'm looking forward to because no one will get a traffic ticket anymore because your car will drive you there. It's not going to speed. You think that'll stop? It's not going to cut anyone off on purpose. Well, at that <laughs> point, we're going to have Judge Dredges running around. And Judge, Judge Dredge. Uh, Judge Dredge. <laughs> spoilers for my end note. Uh, Judge Dredd running around being like, hey, are you on manual? Pop. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it feels a little more like, you know, this is the self-driving car and you're the Uber driver And who would you want to get in the car with? Who do you trust to do that? Which I think is an interesting concept to explore as well uh, I don't really care about his brother dying or whatever <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's a device to get him into the role So hopefully that's just an early thing and doesn't really affect the plot later on much uh, Maybe the end is he dies or something on the job, and his brother's just in the hospital looking out the window waiting for him. And that's you see end, a robot. But... And the robot passes by him. <laughs> the robot comes by and gives him $1,000. Outside window. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's a real him. horror movie. Holy shit. What if it's a trick? What if the horror movie is like a Terminator style? He's just coming for him in dun, the dun, hospital. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now that's oh, a movie. Oh, man. It's, it's just like Metalhead at that point. <laughs> the best episode. Have you seen it yet? No. You got to see it? Oh, you got to see it, brother. It's, it's so brother. good. I already know it's the best. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, that was it. That's all we had for our last trailer, which is going to take us to our final section, Nick. Sure is. Well, one of our two final sections. This is the segment we call the End Notes. End Notes. You know we're talking about them End Notes. You ever ended a note? Just to watch him die. 
<laughs> okay, that one, that one got me. <laughs> okay, you start us yeah. off then, Chuckler. Starting us off with Lake Dredge Appraisal. So for all of y'all Onion fans, uh, you probably already know about Lake Dredge Appraisal, which I had hinted at uh, maybe five minutes ago. It is a YouTube series. All the videos are roughly three to four minutes, uh, usually shorter, two and a half or so. And it's just this guy, his name's Kim, and he appraises things that are dredged out of a lake. And it's kind of like that cringe humor mixed, uh, I know Nick will love this, mixed with a little bit of ASMR. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, Nick loves it. But it's, it's just him dealing with all these dredgers who are either uh, lying to him or are a bit too shady or in one in a few episodes uh, don't have things he can actually appraise because it would break guild rules uh, which I think was hilarious to see him react that way but in one particular episode that's uh, really fun there's a it's called dredge stereo and there's this dude who very clearly just stole a stereo and a sound system he put a little mud on it and brought it in to be appraised so he could sell it for a more accurate price and the dude's just like yeah man whatever i like found it like in the water and kim's just trying to very subtly poke at him like oh, there's a doesn't seem to be any water damage on this uh, where did you say you dredged it and the dude's just like oh you know in, in the water <laughs> it's it's a great little series. Uh, you can get through all of it in probably an hour at most. And uh, the last episode has a real fun turn. And you can also follow, you know, Kim's uh, little descent as he goes, his character arc, if you will. Starting with him being a very uh, conservative, upstanding auctioneer, and then getting into a bit of trouble, uh, getting sick, his brother taking over his show, who is not a very upstanding auctioneer. He appraises, I believe, a computer tower to be worth $80 after being under the lake for like 10 years. Uh, and then everyone who comes in after that is all like, well, that's not what your brother would tell me. So it kind of turns into this thing where he's trying to get more business in and get more people. It's, it's great. It's a great little series. I definitely recommend it if you want a bit of a cringe laugh and maybe a little ASMR and Lake Dredge Appraisal was what I was talking about. Nicholas, what do you want to talk about I'm this week? Like oh, it's on YouTube. YouTube, sorry. <gasps> uh, I never Jesus. mentioned YouTube. It's on YouTube. Nick, <sighs> go on. <laughs> Just watch him die. We're going to talk about <laughs> Wolf of Snow Hollow, which is my movie of the year. If you've caught my letterbox list, I know some y'all Oh, um, this is an American comedy horror drama cop movie. It's a lot of genres. <laughs> um, this is from the director writer of fucking mega talent Jim Cummings, who was also the writer, director, star, actor in his last movie, Thunder Road. Uh, this is uh, just a fucking phenomenal movie. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It first I want to talk about the cast maybe hook your little thinkers man it's featuring Ricky Lindholm from Garfunkel and Oates you may also know her as the one racist lady that doesn't get a lot of lines and knives out that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
she's uh, really phenomenal in this. She plays one of the other cops in this. So, by the way, Jim Cummings plays a cop. His name starts with J, who has parent, who has parental issues, and an estranged relationship with his daughter from a divorce. Now, you may say, "Hey, wait a minute! That sounds a lot like Jim Cummings's character in Thunder Road." And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Isn't that weird?" Uh, <laughs> The, the difference is yeah, boy. the daughter's older and instead of his mother it's his father in this one isn't that cool his father being played by the legendary Robert Forster this is Robert Forster's final film role as well and and you can tell but they use it to their, their strengths in this movie he's a very fun part of this movie uh, so what's this movie about Nicholas I'll tell you right now this is the story of a small Utah town that is seemingly being terrorized by a werewolf? And Jim Cummings, Ricky Lindholm, <gasps> Robert Forster are the heads of the, the police department and they're basically doing most of the work trying to figure out uh, who killed this young woman. And it's like, oh, the, you know, you have to question the boyfriend at the time. Was it the, the homophobic drunk assholes at the bar that they got in a fight with? Could it be someone who just drove past it? Utah doesn't get, this town doesn't get murders. So there's like 80 people in here. And so it's trying to figure it out <laughs> while also dealing with the hostility of like, how come you haven't found the murderer? There's 80 people in this town. And there's a lot of that and a lot of stress and small town cops not knowing what to do. So they accidentally leak stuff to the press just by talking loud. And it's like, oh, and, and none of them are prepared and they're all struggling. And then you have Jim Cummings dealing with his relationship with his with his daughter and how he and, and through that with his father, because he's disappointing his father. And when that focusing on that, he can't be there for his daughter. And then that distracts him at work. And it's all a vicious cycle. It's it, 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 you, it may sound like it's a lot of random elements and that it can't possibly work but Jim Cummings' thing is that it all kind of ties together even though that you get these fucking werewolf attacks <laughs> and it's like oh it's like there's a werewolf but also I'm dealing with this very you know <clears throat> like difficult human drama and then it's like oh then it's a police procedural and it's like going through all of this and of course with great acting beats and it's great comedy uh dark comedy at points and other times just like being fucking stupid like there's a scene where <clears throat> one of the cops he talks too loud and he accidentally leaks information to the press so he so jim cummings is like hey you want to walk with me for a second and he walks just outside of like the range of people just starts beating this they just start fighting and they're just like wrestling on the ground <laughs> and then it's like they come to work next day and jim cummings is like hey and ricky lindholm's like hey this is a um this is a basket of fruits and, and wines and cheeses from you know fred that you you beat up yesterday whatever he wanted to apologize for doing that and he goes oh man i'm i'm, I'm thank you I already filed the paperwork. You're fired, but thank you. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> so smooth and and very funny. Can't recommend this enough. It is, you know, it's a very unique movie in terms of the tone and pacing. Check it out. 
Sounds like it's worth a watch. I haven't seen Silver Bullet, the movie based off the Stephen King novel, but it kind of sounds like Silver Bullet a little bit, but way wackier. Uh, there, uh, some people have said, yeah, it's basically... It's, uh, it's like a werewolf horror drama thing mixed with like Fargo, is, uh, is a lot of people have... My, that's what my friend told me about it. And so I think there's also okay, something about dope. it on the Wikipedia page. Of, of many people comparing it to Fargo, but with werewolves, and it's fucking, mm, it's gotcha. a good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds dope. And this will bring us to the part where we plug our social medias. We never get this part wrong. We always say it accurately. I'll start us off. You can find me on Instagram at nicholas.roy.morgan.iii or on Twitter at Dr. PLSS. The L is lowercase, looks like Piz. Greg, take it away. <laughs> and you can find me on most things under Grecobo, G R E C O B O. Uh, I'm under that name, I believe, on Instagram, Twitter, definitely on YouTube. Uh, I also have an Instagram page, Mix Match Media, where I make comedic little bits. I do two a week. Uh, now they are on... What days are they on? I'm pretty sure they're on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I think. <laughs> uh, either way, you know, if you follow the page or just check it out at a glance, uh, I've got a bunch of videos on there. I think they're funny, and who knows, maybe you'll think they're funny too. And... A quick note to all of our board game manufacturers out there who listen to the show. If you're gonna make pegs, make them fucking fit. Like, please. Jesus. Thanks for dropping by, everyone. Uh, we, we always appreciate everyone stopping by always and listening. A we also appreciate anyone that wants to follow our Twitter at MorbulPod. M-O-R-B-O-L-P-O-D. Uh, we love hearing from people. We love, you know, if you want to ask some questions, any art of cryptocoology. We haven't done that in a minute, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just do whatever. We have a we, little stable of characters in a green room. We're very somewhere. receptive, and we, we want to interact yeah. more with people, because apparently people are listening to us. <laughs> make, it, make it known, <gasps> friends, and have a good night. Have a good night, everybody, and as always, drive safe.